On Wednesday afternoons, we have a short, reflective service between 1 and 1.30pm, consisting of scripture readings, meditations and silences, which centre around a particular theme. This is that service, with the silences removed. If you wish to observe a moment of contemplative silence, then please pause the podcast at the relevant place and resume it when you're ready. If you like what we're doing at First Church and would wish to contribute to the work, then go to www.firstchurchbelfast.org and click on the donate button. Everything is gratefully received. Now, here is this week's lunchtime service. Good afternoon and welcome to this, our service, a short reflective service for lunchtime here on Wednesday the 6th of October. It's really just half an hour of scripture readings and meditations and periods of silence and you can dip in and out of it as you see fit. Today's theme is one of silence. But the Lord is in his holy temple Let all the earth keep silence before him. O God, I have no words, no words by which I dare express the things that stir within me. I lay bare myself, my world before you in the quietness. Brood over my spirit with your great tenderness and understanding and judgment so that I will find, in some strange new way, strength for my weakness, health for my illness, guidance for my journey. This is the stirring of my heart, O God. Amen. We read some words from the Epistle of St. James. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect able to keep the whole body in check with a bridle. If we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Or look at ships. Though they are so large that it takes strong winds to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire, and the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the cycle of nature, and is itself set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and bird, 
of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species, but no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. And from A Place Apart by M. Basil Pennington. Unfortunately, in seeing ourselves as we truly are, not all that we see is beautiful and attractive. This is undoubtedly part of the reason we flee silence. We do not want to be confronted with our hypocrisy, our phoniness. We see how false and fragile is the false self we project. We have to go through this painful experience to come to our true self. It is a harrowing journey, a death to self, the false self, and no one wants to die. But it is the only path to life, to freedom, to peace, to true love. And it begins with silence. We cannot give ourselves love if we do not know and possess ourselves. This is the great value of silence. It is the pathway to all we truly want. This is why St. Benedict speaks of silence as if it were a value in itself for the sake of silence. The writer of Ecclesiastes says these words. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to sacrifice, a sacrifice offered by fools. For they do not know how to keep from doing evil. Never be rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be quick to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven, and you are upon earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For dreams come with many cares, and a fool's voice with many words. This from Spiritual Friend by Tilden H. Edwards. Not long ago, the religious religion instructor at a Christian high school decided to introduce silent meditation into one of his classes. He gave the students instructions simply to be during the silence, to be relaxed and awake open to life as it is, with nothing to do but appreciate whatever comes. Week by week, he slowly increased the amount of time 
to a maximum of 10 minutes. The student response was very revealing. One boy summarized the general feeling of the class. It is the only time in my day when I'm not expected to achieve something. The response of several irate parents was equally revealing. It isn't Christian, said one. I'm not paying all that tuition for my child to sit there and do nothing, proclaimed another. How is it that 10 minutes of silence can be so special and so threatening? From 1 Kings chapter 19. At that place he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. He said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. This from the book Thoughts in Solitude by Thomas Merton. It is necessary that we find the silence of God not only in ourselves but also in one another. Unless some other man speaks to us in words that spring from God and communicate with the silence of God in our souls. We remain isolated in our own silence, from which God tends to withdraw. For inner silence depends on a continual seeking, a continual crying in the night, a repeated bending over the abyss. If we cling to a silence we think we have found forever, we stop seeking God, and the silence goes dead within us. The silence in which he is no longer sought ceases to speak to us of him. The silence from which he does not seem to be absent dangerously threatens his continued presence. 
for he is found when he is sought and when he is no longer sought he escapes us he is heard only when we hope to hear him and if thinking our hope to be fulfilled we cease to listen he ceases to speak his silence ceases to be vivid and becomes dead even though we recharge it with the echo of our own emotional noise. The words of Psalm 46 God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city, it shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in uproar, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. This from the Way of the Heart by Henry Nyon. The second, more positive meaning of silence is that it protects the inner fire. Silence guards the inner heat of religious emotions. This inner heat is the life of the spirit within us. Thus, silence is the discipline by which the inner fire of God is tended and kept alive. Diadochus of Photokai offers us this very concrete image. When the door of the steam bath is continually left open, the heat inside rapidly escapes through it. Likewise, the soul, in its desire to say many things, dissipates its remembrance of God through the door of speech, even though everything it says may be good. Thereafter, the intellect, 
though lacking appropriate ideas, pours out a welter of confused thoughts to anyone it meets, as it no longer has the spirit to keep its understanding free from fantasy. Ideas of value always shun verbosity, being foreign to confusion and fantasy. Timely silence, then, is precious, for it is nothing less than the mother of the wisest thoughts. We hold other people in the light of God. Those who are suffering, we hold them in the light. Those who are confused and unsure of the future, we hold them in the light. Those who are ill and who are worried about what will be, we hold them in the light. Those who are nearing death, we hold them in the light. For our friends and our families, for our neighbours both near and far, for those people who find life difficult, for those people who seem to find life easy, we hold them in the light. For those who are strong in their faith, for those who struggle with faith, for those without faith, we hold them in the light. And now a benediction from St. Thomas Akempis. Come Lord and speak to my heart. Communicate it to your holy will and mercifully work within it both to will and to do according to your good pleasure. Alas, how long shall my exile be prolonged? When shall the veil be removed which separates time from eternity? When shall I see that which I now believe? When shall I find what I seek? When shall I possess what I love, which is you, O my God? Grant that these holy desires, with which you now inspire me, may be followed by that eternal happiness which I hope for from your infinite mercy. Amen. <clears throat>